0: hello welcome to the latest podcast from africa inland mission in this episode amos sits down to talk with paul who serves as the missionary in chad
1: hello my name is paul Uh, i'm from england from maidenhead so just outside london really um i i grew up there and um grew up in a church in a christian family And yeah, I I went on to study at Portsmouth University and I studied international development and French, um, all with a view to coming out and doing something along
0: these lines that I am now doing here in Chad. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. That gives us real good insight. and leads us nicely into our next question, which is how did you get involved with AIM in the first place? So
1: I was... I kind of first knew about the organization when my godfather was serving with them in Kenya a long time ago. Um, but I was still very young at that time. So the first time I really kind of got um, thought seriously about serving with AIM was when I was uh, considering my next steps after university, um, thinking about I already knew I wanted to be serving in French-speaking Islamic africa um, in the long term so i was kind of open to all different organizations just kind of scouting for different options um different possibilities and serving placements and stuff so after my degree um, in england i went to bible school in switzerland uh, just for one year of theology studies and while i was there the the sort of aim recruiters for french-speaking europe they just happened to live just down the road, and they were heavily involved in different activities at the Bible school. So I got to know them quite well um, on a personal level, which was really helpful because it meant later when I was uh, really looking for specific serving opportunities, they were able to uh, kind of tailor uh, an opportunity to my own personal interests and skills and passions and... Um, so that was really helpful because uh, they found this placement where I still am now Um, and it was just a a, a good fit for me Um, so yeah that was uh, my first
0: real interactions with AIM Yeah that sounds um, like a great connection that was made there Um, how did you know whether those people that worked for AIM in Europe were going to be there at the time before you moved there or was it just purely coincidence whenever you moved there was it purely God's providence I suppose putting putting them in your path
1: I have a really good friend of mine um, she had been working at my home church in Maidenhead for a couple of years and then she moved to Geneva to work with IFES so similar to UCCF of course Christian Unions and Universities and so actually after my degree I had been planning on going to her for a year and kind of doing an internship with IFES in Geneva. But then she herself discovered that this Bible school that I ended up going to were starting a program where you would do one year at the Bible school and then one year um, abroad on a, on a foreign placement somewhere. So obviously focusing focusing on international mission. And so she suggested that I come and uh, come over to Geneva for the weekend for a kind of open day at the Bible school. And for that weekend, I stayed. She put me in touch with the the Bombellas, this um, couple who recruit the aim in French-speaking Europe. So I stayed with them for a weekend. And yeah, so it wasn't a surprise that I ended up getting to know them better. Um, and they knew that i had this passion from the very beginning and so yeah it was great because they were able to really invest in me during my year in bible school um, offered me lots of kind of personal insight into the world of mission and um yeah so they were a big blessing during that year and even since
0: fantastic that sounds like a great connection to have made before you made it out the chat itself which leads me nicely on to my next question uh, I guess for someone like me who hasn't been to Chad uh, before perhaps you want to give myself and the listeners a little bit of an idea um what Chad is actually like perhaps uh, the, the religious makeup of Chad and your first impressions of Chad on arrival um, and then what you can your your location within that
1: mm. Okay so yeah Chad is on the on the surface It doesn't seem like much. It doesn't seem like a very desirable place to be. Um, It's hot. It's dusty. Uh, So culturally, it's on that line in the south of the Sahara where, um, big generalization, but south of that line, you're in Christian land. North of that line, you're in Muslim land. Mm -hmm. So um, probably about 2 thirds of the country are Muslim. almost exclusively unreached people groups, a lot of UPGs here. Um, whereas in the south of the country, so it's a minority if you take the population as a whole, but um, in the south it's almost exclusively Christian. Okay. Um, lots of Catholics because of the French influence in this country, but also a fair few um, evangelicals and other Protestant groups. So. And yeah, there's a big divide between the North and the South, uh, culturally, historically, linguistically, all of that. It's been divided for a long time. There's been conflict. There's been uh, political issues between the groups. Um, And yeah, so you'll very rarely see mixing in Chad. And so where I am, I'm totally with Northerners, uh, Muslims, uh, people from these UBGs. And uh, uh, what what else did you ask me?
0: Yeah, I asked about your first impressions whenever you arrived in Chad. Um, Perhaps how that matched or different to your ideas of what it was going to be like before you had left the UK. Oh, man. My first impressions were just,
1: it's hot. And, yeah, nothing's changed. Today, uh, it was about 45, so, yeah, it's it's pretty hot here. Even in the night times, it it barely cools down, and so for 6 months of the year you're sleeping outside because it's too hot to even step foot inside your house and oh man it's yeah there's still not much to love on the surface of it but I have absolutely loved going deeper into Chad getting into relationships and um that's really brought me so much joy uh people have been really kind and oh, I think hospitality works quite differently here compared to some of the other um African countries, even some of the other French-speaking Islamic countries that I visited in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's there's quite a lot of differences, even in um, those kind of things like hospitality. But yeah, I, I have been very warmly welcomed. Um, I live with the Chadian family um, while I was a short-termer, and even when I came back as a long-termer, they, they had kept the house open for me. Um, and. Yeah, just so many friends from my work, which I guess I'll tell you about shortly. Um, yeah, and, and so I've really loved going deeper into the culture. Um, uh, I'm currently learning the language, Chadian Arabic, which is a challenge, but it also again brings a lot of joy from relationships that are, that I'm able to now take deeper. So yeah, I'm. I do love it, even
0: if <laughs> uh, you might assume that there's not much to love here. Oh man, that's so exciting. Um, so I guess I'm just wondering now what your initial assignment was with AIM whenever you first went to Chad with short term? Mm. so
1: even now as a long-termer, I'm pretty much on exactly the same assignment as I was as a short-termer. Okay. So I came here for a year. I came here for a year initially um, and I was working in an English center here in the capital city um, where with the higher level students in the context of English classes we take them through the gospel so uh, the earlier levels they're taught by local Chadian teachers obviously with a good standard of English but it's just kind of typical language learning vocab and grammar and all those things Mm -hmm. and then once they have that higher level once they're able to kind of express their opinions and think for themselves um, in English that's where we start with these um, uh, almost like DBS D- discovery Bible studies within the context of an English class yeah. and so uh, in level four of English that's where we go through the Old Testament so we go through this kind of relatively common ground with all these Muslim students they know Moses they know Abraham they know Creation, they know lots of these things, and of course, there's some really key differences. But we start with that relatively common ground and with the unsaid theme of relationship with God. Every story we ask, How are the people's relationships with God right now? Um, and we see consistently, even the prophets themselves, they have broken relationships with God, um, and they are hopeless, and obeying law is not enough to be saved. Um, all of which speaks so clearly into Islam and our Islam, Islamic culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they finish that level, if they pass the exams, they'll move on to level five, which is where we study the New Testament. And so there we see, even before he's born, we see half of the messianic prophecies are already accomplished. Um, and throughout Jesus's life, we see his teachings, his miracles, his uh just all the amazing things he did and um, how he fulfilled all these prophecies and how ultimately he really is um, God himself, the one who came to save us from us in uh, because we can't do it ourselves. And so, yeah, super exciting. And yeah, I loved it during, yeah, so exciting. Um, being able to do this with like 20, 25 students at a time, is just crazy. And inevitably there's so many, inevitably there's, um, at least a few in every class who want to go deeper who want to read more into the bible stories than we're seeing in the class context and so yeah it it brings great opportunities for uh, friendships to blossom from that as well and uh, yeah for things to be taken deeper in a kind of in a private context
0: well yeah i bet you that makes it all just so worthwhile the heat and the language barriers and the challenge to learning language and um, that I'm sure there is a lot of the time that makes it all worthwhile. So I guess my next question is, um, you've given us there a little bit of an idea into the context of Chad and the religious makeup. But do people in your area really have much of an idea of the Bible? Um, how much of that is sort of background to their lives? Is that an undercurrent? Is it part of uh, their knowledge because of um, what they know from their uh their faith in islam and um, do they know who jesus is how do they see him as a figure and um, do they revere respect him or do they believe in the, the true jesus of the new testament that you and i know or um, is this is that kind of knowledge just all nominal and vague yeah so like i said
1: 100 percent of our students are muslim and so of course jesus is an important part of islam they would never say a bad word about jesus they would they always claim that they love him that they respect him that they follow him and obey him it's just that the jesus that they obey is not the real jesus he's not the one that we see in the scriptures Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's that's where it gets sticky we 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 see the old testament where it really is common ground um, in a sense and those classes are relatively easy because we're just going through these um, prophets and stories that they know and love. But then when we get to Jesus and everything is so different to what they think they know about him, Mm -hmm. that's where it gets really tricky in the classes with the the discussions and debates that we have. Because, yeah, (laughs) the real Jesus is nothing like what they think. Um, And obeying him means nothing like what they think it means to obey Jesus. And so yeah it's everyone everyone would claim to know jesus everyone would claim to love who jesus is but when they when they um yeah when they make him nothing more than a, a simple process jesus is so much more um and yeah, so when they discover what it really means to love Jesus, that's it's tough for them because, yeah, it changes everything. If this is true, their whole life has to change.
0: Yeah, it's super, super encouraging to hear that you are wrestling with people over those, those issues and, that, as you say, uh, it is challenging at times um, to introduce people to Jesus and who he truly is, uh, and that breaks down their conceptions of him. Um but yeah, the, you is it is sticky uh, at times. But um, I'm just wondering, how have you found your background in languages to be helpful and useful in Chad? Uh, you said there at the minute that you're learning Chadian and Arabic. Is that correct? Am I saying that correctly? Yes.
1: Yeah. I'm certainly grateful that for so long, kind of in advance to my actual arrival here, God had already put it on my heart to pursue French with a view to kind of facilitating something along these lines, um, in the future. So yeah, it was definitely, I definitely had a head start. So many of our colleagues here, um, they have to spend a whole year in France or Canada beforehand and mm-hmm. just to get French, um, in order to be able to arrive here. And then they find that they don't even use their French here cause everything's Arabic. So right. I'm okay. so grateful that I had that under my belt already. Um, uh, yeah, uh, just one one less step in the process. Um, and honestly, I don't really consider myself as much as a linguist. I, I struggled for many years with French and now with Chadian Arabic. Yeah, I can see in some ways that already having learned a language to a high level um, has helped me in some ways, but I'm st- <laughs> I'm still struggling and um, but it's good. It's a struggle that I enjoy. I enjoy learning language. I enjoy seeing the fruit of it when I'm able to have a genuinely good conversation with a friend um, using this crazy language. Um, yeah, so I really enjoy it. But it is a challenge, of course. Um, and very slowly I'm getting there, but uh, little by little.
0: You're very humble, Paul for me to be able to try and learn chadian arabic would be a a tall order i think i had enough trouble with swahili and it's much simpler language
1: <laughs> but the good thing about chadian arabic you see yeah oh
0: go ahead yeah sorry
1: i was going to say the good thing about the good thing about chadian arabic is that it's it's very loosely arabic um Real Arabs would never consider Chadian Arabic as Arabic. Ah. We could call it a kind of patois or creole, I guess. So it's like Arabic influence, but it's totally mixed with um, various tribal languages here in Chad, as well as even a little bit of French every now and then. Um, And so lots of the hard parts of Arabic, of kind of classical Arabic, have just been removed in Chadian Arabic. So lots of the hard sounds that us Brits just can't make with our throats. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of those have been removed. So there are lots of benefits about specifically learning Chadian Arabic as opposed to a different um, country's Arabic uh, because it's kind of a a simplified Arabic. So yeah, I'm grateful (laughs) to have a little less on my plate with language learning. Um, A few of the biggest difficulties taken away from me. Oh
0: yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I wouldn't have known that. Awesome. Um, So I guess... If you want to just try and give us a little bit of an insight into what your day looks like, what a a normal day looks like for you and your daily routine, I know probably every day is slightly different, um, but if you could just give us a bit of a general idea, that would be great. Yeah, so very roughly, like
1: you said, every day is a bit different, but um, an average day might be uh, waking up fairly early in the morning, I'm sleeping outside because it's the hot season, so... There's no way of blocking out the sunlight. So yeah, wake up early. um, And I'll probably head into the English center maybe around 8 a.m. and I will prep classes for the afternoon. So all our classes are in the afternoon, um, which gives us kind of relatively flexible mornings, which is really helpful. So yeah, um, first thing in the morning, I'll, I'll go and prep classes. And make sure everything's set up and in place for class in the afternoon then often i'll have my own language class so that's just one-on-one with my my language helper um and he comes to the english center because it's just the easiest place for us to meet so yeah often in the mornings i'll, I'll meet with him um, and we'll go through a series of verb conjugations and whatever we're doing that day in class uh and then after that by that time Lots of guys would have arrived at the English center. It's become a kind of social hub on top of the English classes. Lots of the old students who are maybe still unemployed, they'll just come and sit there all day, every day, just wanting to chat. And so that's so amazing for gospel opportunities Mm because there's just a constant stream of people just eager to talk with you, many of whom have gone through these classes and have seen the Bible, seen Jesus. And... um, So yeah, really exciting opportunities. So often, I'll I'll hang out with them, normally have lunch together as well. And then, like I said, class in the afternoon. Um, We have two two two-hour classes um, for the Old Testament and the New Testament class. And then again, evenings are relatively flexible. So often I'll try and visit a friend um, or a neighbor, or sometimes I'll just go home and relax.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, every day is a little bit different, but fantastic. So I guess one one of my last questions is um how has God challenged and shaped your view of mission in the past few years from whenever you first came to Chad with short term up to now? Hmm, that's a hard question. Um
1: Yeah. I for me for me mission personally and what i thought god was calling me to that has recently changed i had kind of after my short term time here with so many students hearing the gospel in classes um and kind of going away not necessarily changed but at least knowing a bit more about jesus i had kind of subconsciously resigned myself to just being a seed sower which don't get me wrong it's absolutely absolutely a privilege to be a seed sower and it's an amazing job and an important job and i was so happy to be doing it i came back as a long-termer to continue it but in these last couple of months one of my students has actually responded to the gospel and it's so exciting and used me to bring someone to jesus and then to be involved in that kind of discipling process um Uh, over these last couple of months since he's made this decision. And so that, I don't know, just the privilege of that is enormous. And it's, um, yeah, it's changed my perspective of maybe how powerful God is. I had kind of resigned myself to this um, seed-sowing mission, assuming that God could only use other people to actually bring those seeds to fruition and just fall over that um, God would use someone like me um, to really actually um, yeah transform someone's life and that's so exciting um, so I really I don't know part of this mission now um, which probably isn't a good thing to say because we're all part of this mission um, uh, whether we're praying it back in England or um, funding someone or whatever we're doing but um. I don't know. It's taken a different dynamic these last couple of months, which has just been really exciting. Um, I guess also the challenges of mission have become real to me. We hear all these kind of, when you're going through orientation to go on whatever trip you're going on, um, you have a billion warnings saying, oh, it's going to be difficult. And um, you're going to have highs and lows and all these things. And so you know it in your brain but when the moment comes like yeah it's just a whole other ball game when you're actually in the moment um, and so at various stages in these last couple of years that has become real to me those kind of the the, the, the painful sides of uh, mission work um, and, nothing, and praise God nothing too serious has happened to me at all but um, yeah that's something that uh perhaps I was quite naive on knowledge, but maybe I wasn't really taking it seriously and kind of really actually intentionally preparing myself for when those moments inevitably did come um but yeah, that has become real, and um yeah. praise God, I'm still here and I'm still going but um yeah it's it's mission is tough, <laughs> really tough sometimes,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you're. Very right there, and that's encouraging to hear you discuss that and how, uh, you know, you're you're very right in saying that you can know something on paper, I and mean, you can be told something a million times, but whenever the rubber hits the road, uh, that's, that's when it really comes home to you, and you learn those challenges uh, in a in a very real way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been so exciting and encouraging and just fills me with, with real great joy and excitement to hear you talk about all the work that is going on amongst those unreached people groups in Chad, uh, the seeds that you're sowing, those sticky conversations that you're able to have with people about... Uh, breaking down barriers in terms of their misconceptions of who Jesus is and that you're able to tell them who Jesus really is. You're able to present the truth to them and uh, it's just so encouraging and exciting for me uh, and I'm sure for everyone listening to this to hear that there are uh, there is fruit coming of that. And so so take encouragement from that. Um, enjoy your evening, sleeping under the stars outside. <laughs> Thank you. It's going to be a sweaty night, but uh, I'm um, tired, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> Do you have a fan or anything? Yeah, I have. Like I mentioned, I have um, a solar setup, so um, I have a solar fan, which is yeah, which is great. That helps a lot. Um, so praise God for solar power. Yeah, it's only really
0: so far hmm. that
1: that goes. I suppose. Though, so. Well, it's a pretty. I have a pretty good setup to be there. I have a fridge and a freezer. I have one fan, which I can move around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, a place to charge like my laptop and my phone um, as well as a couple of light bulbs around my house. So it's a pretty awesome setup and I'm very, very grateful because when I was here as a short-termer, I had a little solar setup, but it was nothing like this. I had no fridge or anything. And so yeah, my life has been made significantly easier by mm-hmm. this, this solar power, Let's so you praise God.
0: That's great. Yeah, thanks, Paul. I guess the only thing left for me to say is thanks for coming on and taking the time out to talk to me. Um, Be encouraged that there are people around the world listening to this who are praying for you and all the work that you're doing uh, in Chad. Mm, Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of AIM's podcast. I hope that you've been encouraged by what you've heard and that you'd commit to praying to the work of establishing Christ centered churches amongst all African peoples.